the rest of us, let's grab our Bibles if you have them, or you can click there if you choose to do that. And uh, uh, I, I, I was going to go a totally different direction uh, today with, with the message, and uh, then I really felt the Lord just say, you know what, Phil, I want you to preach on this, and so when the Lord tells me to do that, I try to obey him as much as I can, and, and uh, so we're, we're going to do that. We're going to obey what God tells us to do, and we're going to turn to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse 46, the title of the message is, I want to see. I want to see. There's, the, there, there's a moment that Jesus has while he's in ministry where he is uh, confronted by, if you will, a blind man. And something takes place in this passage. Actually, a number of things take place in this, packet, uh, in the, in this scripture that's kind of a package for us to kind of look at and say, wow, okay. Yes, God, you're speaking to me on this thing. And so that's my hope today, that God speaks to every single person in this room, regardless of where you are at in your spiritual journey. I think God has something to say to each of us. So we're in the second book in the New Testament, the book of Mark, and we're in chapter 10. And if you don't have your Bible with you, I'm going to have all of my scriptures on the screen so you can follow along with me. And if you would, uh, if you're able to, would you be able to stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word as we go through this together? And uh, let's check this out together. You ready? John's ready. That's good. John's always ready. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Then Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus along the road. God, I pray that you would speak to us through this miracle. And Lord, that you would, as you always do, meet each of us right where we are spiritually today. So we commit this day to you, and we commit this time to you that you would push us and nudge us a little closer to you as a result of hearing what your word has to say. And we'll thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. And we all said amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. So it's an interesting story that maybe some of you have heard before where Jesus is walking and traveling and, and, and as would often be the case, there would be a lot of people following Jesus because of the many miracles that he had done already. And so a lot of people would uh, kind of gather around him. Some of those were his own disciples. 
Others were still following Jesus, but they weren't really given that label of one of the 12. But either way, uh, there was a, a good crowd that was kind of surrounding Jesus as he was making his way from town to town, from city to city, from place to place. And as he comes here to Jericho, there is a man who has been blind. Now, I believe another translation uh, account tells us that he was blind uh, since birth. And so he wanted to see, and he cried out to Jesus. And what ensues here, what takes place here, is really an enormous look at what Jesus might have to say to each of us here today. So let me break this off in, in just four different parts here today. I will not preach long. <laughs> at least I said it, right? Okay. And uh, let, let's, let's take a look at this. So I want to I wanna start by looking at the cry. By looking at what the man said and how he said it. Because there's a lesson here for us to learn. Take a look at the scripture again, starting in verse 46. Then Jesus came to Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples together uh, with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. This was often the case, by the way, of somebody who might be blind or crippled or, or in some other kind of bad situation. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now look at the response from the people that were following Jesus. <laughs> Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Think of this for a second. This man was literally discouraged. This scripture says rebuked for crying out to Jesus for mercy. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine somebody discouraging you from crying out to Jesus for something that you need or want? That'd be tough, wouldn't it? Can you imagine just praying and saying, someone coming up to you, stop that? Well, we can't even fathom that. But yet, this man, who is in a desperate situation, had to wrestle, follow me, he had to wrestle with some potential discouragement while he was praying for his miracle. Let me say that one more time. He had to wrestle with some potential discouragement while he was praying for his miracle. Do you know what I often find? I find people that might be gathered in churches just like this, wonderful people like you, and you have asked God to do a miracle. You've asked Jesus for mercy. You've asked Jesus to heal your body. You've asked Jesus to touch somebody who is important to you. You have asked very good well-meaning prayers. It's not like you're saying, God, I, I just kill my boss. You're not, you're not praying that, okay? In fact, I hope you're not praying that, especially if you work for me. It's, so, so it's not like he was asking for something selfish or evil or bad. 
He was just legitimately asking for something that was very proper to ask for. And in this case, he had to wrestle. The scripture doesn't tell us how he responded when people said, shut up, quit praying, quit shouting, don't do this. But I imagine it wasn't positive. I imagine as he's told that, be quiet, shut up. He's, oh, how nice, thank you. I doubt that. But yet, our discouragement doesn't always come in the form of other people. Sometimes our discouragement comes because we haven't gotten the answers that we want yet. I said, sometimes our discouragement comes because we haven't gotten the answers that we want yet. How do you respond when discouragement comes in the midst of your prayer? You've been wanting God to do this. You've been believing God for a miracle. You know what the word says. In fact, you see God answering other people's prayers, and then you're like, okay, why not me? How do you respond? See, this is the example that we learn from the cry of Bartimaeus. He did not allow other people to stop him from crying out to Jesus. Listen to me. He did not allow discouragement, negativity, people's opinion, dissatisfaction with results or the lack thereof. He didn't let any of that hinder him or stop him from praying to Jesus. He just kept praying. He refused to stop crying out. Here's my message to you today. No matter what, don't stop crying out to Jesus. Well, I'm discouraged. Don't stop. I haven't seen the results yet. Don't stop. That person, they, they are, they're, not, they're not coming around like they should. Don't stop. Don't stop. You have no idea what's going on. And this is the thing. So many times I pray to God and I say, God, God, here, do this, please. In fact, while you're up there, uh, I'll tell you exactly how it needs to be done. And God doesn't need my script. In fact, he rarely uses my script. And I got a lot of them. <laughs> God, here you go. Step A, do this. Bullet point B, do this. And, 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 and God said, keep your bullet points. I got this. And some of us might be frustrated because we haven't seen the results that we want to see. We're discouraged, or maybe somebody else actually was involved in discouraging us or hurting us, and we've allowed that to keep us from crying out to God. And the example of the cry is this, whatever it is, no matter what, keep praying. Pray for that son. Pray for that daughter. Pray for that spouse. Pray about that situation. Pray for that job. Pray for that need. Pray for that healing. Don't give up. Don't get mad. Don't, don't get discouraged. Jesus is there. And he's got you. Can we say amen to that? So number one is the cry. Number two, let's take a look at the crowd. Oh, man. Can I remind you that this is a crowd full of people that are literally following Jesus. They are literally following Jesus. And then there's somebody who is desperate 
And this group of Jesus followers, instead of saying, hey, he can meet your need, they say, shut up. We've got our own little kumbaya going on here. Look how the scripture put it. We don't see kumbaya in there, but it says, many rebuked him. And he told them to be quiet. But he shouted all the more. I love this. Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the, to the blind man, cheer up. On your feet. He's calling you. Wow. Now, this might be one of the most bipolar moments in Scripture. They go from saying, shut up, to cheer up in a matter of moments. Whoa. You see, here's the thing. The blind man, he needed a miracle. But the crowd around him, they needed a good do-over. Churches today are missing people who have never gotten over the pain caused by another follower of Jesus Christ. So because somebody who should have known better, and let me just say right now, we as Christians, we're not always going to get it right. Okay, we're not. This pastor is, <laughs> believe me, this, you have not kept me around for 23 years almost because I'm perfect. Uh, this pastor doesn't get, well, okay, some of you, yeah, but uh, this pastor doesn't always get it right. I don't always live up to people's expectations. You know the drill because you're in the same boat. You, you, you don't always live up to someone's expectations. Or, or maybe you just fumbled the ball. And I, I, grow, I grow weary of people who will distance themselves from Jesus and from the house of the Lord and a body of believers, they will distance themselves from that because of the fumble of a follower of Jesus. And listen to me. If that's all it takes for you, it's going to happen to you again and again and again. Because of all of it takes is for a child of God or a follower of Jesus Christ to make a mistake, the enemy of our souls is going to elevate that mistake in your life. He's going to elevate that mistake in your situation. And, and you're, going to, you're going to be more prone to recognizing the mistakes of other people than the moving of Jesus. I should say that again. If you're not careful, you will become more sensitive to the mistakes of Jesus' followers than the moving of Jesus himself. That's why I love what Bartimaeus did. A bunch of people who should have known better told him to be quiet. Bartimaeus kept on going. But let me speak to the church today. 
Let, let, let me speak to the Christ followers in the house today. Um, if, if you have prohibited somebody from experiencing Jesus, things can still change. See, because not only was the blind man touched, but I believe so was the crowd. We've, uh, the, the, title, the title on your Bible will say, Bartimaeus healed, blind man healed. It says nothing about a crowd getting their attitude changed. But I will tell you that they, that may have been just as powerful on that day than the blind man receiving his sight. And maybe our prayer as followers of Jesus Christ needs to be, God, help me with my words. Help me to think before I speak. God, help me to know that just because I think it doesn't mean I should post it. I don't always have to lash out or lash back at somebody. I don't even have to tell everybody that I'm right. In fact, let me free you from the need for planet Earth to know that you're right all the time. It doesn't matter. What matters is what God thinks. But I think sometimes the church can be its own worst enemy if we're not careful. Now, I'm going to back up a little bit and just say, Bethel Church, oh, I love you so much. You all just don't get caught up in this stuff. This is an incredible church. And if there's anybody who's here or watching us online looking for a church family, I will tell you this. Bethel Church is a place where you will be loved. You can come as you are. We'll do life together. We won't get it right together. We will get it right together. But this is a place where we love one another and we love Jesus. But if we find ourselves making mistakes, let's, let's allow God to maybe do a miracle on us. Third, I want to look at the Christ. The cry, the crowd, and Christ. Starting in verse 49, I want you to watch this. You ready? Jesus stopped and said, call him. Let me keep going. So, they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. And throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Tammy, can we go back to that first verse that I put under this point when, when I highlighted? Call? Yeah, there you go. Whew, these, these two words really leaped out at me. And I'll tell you why. If, you, if you've read your Bible, you know that there are moments that Jesus has just stood there and the person who is, who is ill or dead or, or whatever, uh, maybe even possessed, Jesus would just speak it from a distance, and the miracle took place. There's other times where Jesus came up to the person and he said, here, come here. They might go to a place. Jesus even spit in some guy's eyes. 
a little weird, but hey, he's Jesus. He can do whatever he wants to do. He put mud in a guy's eyes. I don't know why. We're not going to start a mud ministry. It's just how he does things sometimes. Sometimes Jesus would touch them. Sometimes Jesus would make his way through the crowd, but not this time. Two words. Two words that he uttered to a crowd of people who were rebuking a blind man for crying out to Jesus. He said, call him. Uh, what? You know the guy that you just told to be quiet? Go get him. Okay. Why did he do that? He, he, he could have just said, hey, you're healed. He didn't do it. He could have walked there himself. He didn't do it. See, Jesus not only wanted to change the circumstances of the blind man, he wanted to change the heart of the crowd. So the very person whom they were rebuking became the, <laughs> became the very person whom they literally led to Jesus. Don't miss this. Jesus very much may involve you in seeing his will accomplished. And he might involve you in having an impact on the last person you would think he wants you to have an impact on. You know that boss that you really don't like? You know that classmate that just will not shut their mouth? You know that that, don't, don't look around. Uh, you, you, know that, you know that neighbor who like blows all his grass on your yard? I got one of those right now. It's like, what are you doing? Whole pile. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, you, know that, you know that person that's been kind of nasty to you online? God might use you. Jesus might just stop everything and say, tell you what, call him. Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah, call him. They don't even like me. Didn't ask you. Call him. Text her. Contact him. Email her. Could it be that God might actually use you in a way that you don't even predict to change somebody's life forever. I love it when Jesus does that. Here's the last, last point, then I'm done. There was a crossroad. Some of you are funny. You, you try to guess my words. And uh, Did you have that? I didn't have that word. Uh, there, there was a choice that Bartimaeus had to make. And I want you, I want you to get this. Okay. So Bartimaeus, camera people, sorry. Bartimaeus is on the, ground, on the roadside. That's been his identity. This, this is what he's been doing regularly. It's begging people for money on their way out of the town. 
But look at, look at verse 52. Verse 52 says, Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight. Now, now some of us, we want to end the story there. Yay! He got his sight back. And it's true, it's a great, it's a great story. But, but the last phrase is so incredibly important. And it says, and he followed Jesus <laughs> along the road. Do you know what I have seen too much of? I've seen too many people that have gotten the answer to their prayer, and then where do they do? They go right back to the roadside. They go right back to the identity that they were before Jesus even touched them. They try to become the person that they were before Jesus changed their life. They try to become the person that Jesus took them out of. They go back to the situation that Jesus said, get out of there. We sang that song, dead man, get out of that grave. Blind man, you've received your sight. Get off the roadside and follow Jesus. We have people that have seen miracles that are no closer to Jesus now than when Jesus gave them the miracle. And I think Jesus' message to people who have experienced the goodness of God, who have seen God answer prayers, do you think he did that just to give you the feel-goods? Do you think he did that just to give you the happies? No, he did that because it's time for you to pick yourself off, dust yourself off, and say, I am not going back to what I was before, and it's time to start following Jesus now. It is time to get as close to Jesus as you possibly can. He healed you for a reason. He touched you for a reason. He answered your prayer for a reason. Not just to make you happy. It's also the process of making you holy. It's not just to make you feel better. It's to make you closer to him. And so... The temptation is to go back to the bad relationship. The temptation is to go back to thinking that I am a victim. Oh, that's a good one. The temptation is thinking, okay, I, I, I got a target on my back, I guess. I am, I am God's personal whipping boy. And, and Jesus said, no, get up. Dust yourself off. That's not you anymore. Oh, church, that's not you anymore. You're not the same person that you were before Jesus found you. You're not the same person that Jesus uh, saw you as. You, you are a new creature in Jesus Christ. God's got plans for you, honey. God's got plans for you, sir. He's got, and, and all you got to do, you don't, you don't have to go through, you know, you don't have to get your master's. Okay? You don't have to become a theologian. Just start following him. Just, just stay close to him. If he goes that way, you go that way. If he goes this way, you go that way. And, and don't you dare go your own way. And, and you follow Jesus <laughs> along the road. There's, there's no longer a need to sit at the roadside. Not anymore. It's time to get up. It's time to follow Jesus. Some of you are at that roadside. You're in a situation where you, you, you just need God to change your life. You, you need Jesus to, to take you from the misery. 
from the addiction, from the bondage, from the pain, from the bad decisions, all of that, you're, 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 you're right there. You're, you're at the roadside. And it's no accident that you're here. It's no accident that you're watching this online. Jesus hears your cry. In fact, did you notice that the man didn't even at first ask for a healing? He just cried out to Jesus. You may not even know what to pray for. Pastor, I don't know how to pray. Just cry out to Jesus. Just say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I'm in this. I need out. I need your mercy. I need your help. I, I need I need you and that's when Jesus will say it's all I needed now get up it's time to follow me today if you've never made that decision to serve Jesus Christ today is the day for you to say Lord I want to give my life completely to you or, or maybe you've made that choice before but currently you're not serving him Jesus would say Let's get up. Follow me. Do things my way. Make me your Lord and your Savior. Do it. Follow me. Or maybe you've been coming to church for years, but you're still, you're still at that roadside because that's thing, you've convinced yourself that's all you'll ever be. All you'll ever be is that person that made that mistake. All you'll ever be is that person that other people think that you are. And, and Jesus would say, get up. Get up, dust yourself off. Now it's time to follow me because i got a way better world ahead of you than what you've got at the roadside. Do you hear me today? Jonathan, if you could help me. So, <laughs> this is one of those sermons, it's so loaded. But to the person who maybe is discouraged, my message to you is don't stop praying. Don't stop you pray for that child. You pray for that parent. You pray for that brother or your sister. You, you pray for that person that you care for. Don't, don't stop. Don't stop praying for that healing. Don't, don't, don't stop praying for those circumstances to change. No, 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 no. And if, if it's a person trying to discourage you, don't, don't let that stop you. you. You keep on crying out to God. God forbid, but if there's a discourager in here maybe you fumbled the ball maybe you maybe you really messed up would you allow today to be a day of restoration where, where you could say okay lord i need your help and maybe you could bridge that gap that exists between you and that person once again and bring them back or maybe you're at the roadside. And you think you're stuck here. No matter what Jesus does, you think you're stuck here. You're not. Not today. Not any day. And Jesus not only wants to answer your prayer, Jesus not only wants to touch your life, Jesus not only wants to set you free, as we sang, He the sun sets free is free indeed. But 
He wants you to get up now. Say, I am no longer a victim. I'm no longer trash. I'm no longer second class. I'm not an accident. I am not known by my mistakes. My identity is not tied up in what I have done or what I will do. But my identity is going to be in the person that I choose to follow. And that is the man who touched me. I don't even know everything about him, but I'm going to try to follow him. I, I, I barely know of a, a verse besides Jesus wept. Fine, just start there and just follow Jesus. Just follow him. Bartimaeus, get up. Don't stay at the roadside. Follow him. Would you bow your heads with me, please? I'm getting ready to close. And it's our sincere prayer that you just have a very special day today. But before that, there's some important business we need to do here. I want to pray for you. And if there be anybody here today that you are not in a good relationship with Jesus, maybe you've never given your life to him before, or maybe you have in the past, but right now you're not serving him. And, and you feel this tug in your heart. I promise you, that's God's Holy Spirit saying today. Today's the day to get up. Today's the day to start following me. If, if that's you, you say, Pastor, I need to give my life completely to Jesus Christ. I need to make him my Lord and my Savior. I will not embarrass you. I promise I will not embarrass you. But so I can know whom to pray for, I'd like to ask you, if that is you, just to slip your hand up and put it right back down. I want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? No shame in this at all. I want to give my life completely to Jesus Christ. It's time to do things his way. Thank you. Who else? You'll say, Pastor, I need to do that today. Maybe, maybe, maybe God's touched you, but you still find yourself at the roadside. You still think your identity is tied up in who you were before Jesus even found you. And you need to know that there's a whole life ahead of you that's way different than what it was before. And, and you need to get up. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, but you've never gotten off the roadside. It's time to follow Jesus now. Get up. It's time to no longer be the victim. Get up. It's, no, it's time to no longer think that you're trash. Get up. It's time, to, it's time to not worry what other people think. What really matters is what Jesus thinks. It's time to get up. It's time to get up. And if that is you, I want to pray for you today as well. Perhaps today you're discouraged in your prayer and you haven't seen the results that you'd like to see or maybe somebody did something, said something, or, or something happened and, and that has been enough for you to say, no, no, I, 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 I mean, I want to go to heaven, but I'm just going to stop there. And, and you know what? Jesus says, that's not what I have for you. Don't stop. Don't stop living for me. Don't stop crying out to me. Don't give up. I'm at work. Don't give up. And maybe you need to pray about that today. What I'm going to do, I'm going to open up our service for you at the end here to pray. You may want to pray at your seat. 
you may want to move from your seat, maybe pray at this front altar area and just talk to the Lord a little bit. But we're going to make this place a place of prayer. And if you need to seek the Lord today because you're a little discouraged or you need Jesus to give you a do-over or maybe you just need to get up and start following Jesus again, then would you talk to the Lord about that today? And if you need to give your life to Christ, I'm going to pray a very specific prayer that I'm going to ask the entire church to pray after me. And Jesus is going to start something brand new in your life. Could we all stand, every one of us here today? When I say amen, I'm going to give you a chance to pray. And if God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed. Moms, grab your gift. Let's love on each other. But, but right now, the most important person we could talk to would be Jesus Christ, okay? So I'm going to say this prayer, and uh, let, let's, let's pray. And why don't you repeat these words after me? Dear Jesus, I ask you, come into my life and help me to live for you every day. I give you my life. I give you my bad decisions. I give you my past. And I ask you, forgive me and help me to get up and start following you. Help me to grow in you and to do things your way. In Jesus' name. And now, Lord, I ask you that you would be with those that may need to linger in prayer. God, to those that might be discouraged, I pray that they're in the very least tempted to give up. Lord, that you would encourage them and say, no, not today. Don't give up yet. Keep going. Maybe there's somebody that needs a do-over because they haven't been who they should be around some people that need you. Lord God, I pray that you would help us, humble us enough to recognize that. And Jesus, if you even want to use us to bring someone to you, would you do that this week, I pray, Lord? God, change our hearts, change our lives, and we'll thank you for what is done. Bless the rest of our day as families, as we are together. Go with us now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to remain in prayer,